0: I'll be reading from First Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11, from the NLV, concerning spiritual gifts. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God, says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit
1: the looks of the screen we need a spiritual gift of reviving the computer mouse so that uh, that said connection lost on the mouse up there hope you guys are all right back there <laughs> you can always grab a wired one from martin's computer if needed good morning how you doing good morning how you doing i have a question for you to begin with this morning um If God always chose uh, extra special, extremely gifted, extraordinary, superhuman almost people to work uh, through in miraculous ways, who in that case would be more likely to get the glory for what he does? God or the person? Maybe the the person, because it's the special special people. On the other hand, if God always chose ordinary, very human, (laughs) quote-unquote, Mildly talented but mostly just mediocre people to work through in miraculous and extraordinary ways who's more likely to get the glory then God is and so who do you think based on those two scenarios, is God is more likely to use knowing that God knows when he 's in his right place and we 're in we're right place we have joy, we are where we 're meant to be, we find purpose. I think that the more likely and in fact, the way God does work is he works with ordinary, not super special, just ordinary, mediocre people like you and I. As, as we've been exploring how the Holy Spirit works and, and that we might get to know him, it's so what this series, Come Holy Spirit, is all about. I spoke last week about prophecy, a very uh, a special gift, not for the ultra gifted, super talented, um, but for grammatous idiotes, as it is in the Greek. Um, which translated into English is unschooled, ordinary people, as Peter and John were described as being. Uh, grammatose idiotes, which you can work out what that means. Uh, we can all hear God's voice. We can even be used as his mouthpiece. Um, but we can also exercise and practice our prophetic muscles, so to speak, um, learning how, how to and becoming more familiar with how to hear his voice, how to understand and steward this gift of, of being a mouthpiece of God. Um, As we now explore the suite of gifts, if you like, in 1 Corinthians 12, same principles apply. Um, uh, I think we're one slide ahead at the moment. Uh, We're just going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit this morning. And the same principles apply to what we talked about last week. If you missed it, it's just that God's not interested in training up a few select special Christians with special abilities, but equipping the whole church of ordinary people, with power from on high, um, so that God gets the glory. Um, back in chapter 3, Paul said, uh, let not man boast or glory in any other man or person. When he works powerfully through you and I, idiotes, he gets the praise. He gets the praise. So, First Corinthians 12, Paul starts with, uh, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. We do not want you to be uninformed. Sadly, that's exactly what much of the church in 2021 is on this topic, either uninformed or misinformed or misguided maybe. Uh, I want to ask you right from the beginning today as we start, what in your heart may have led to you being a little misinformed or uninformed or misguided when it comes to how the Holy Spirit works? Because we all are to some extent. It could be one of a few things. Is it fear? Maybe past experiences, what you've heard or what you've seen when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestation of the Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's because you have a fear and a, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. I, think, I don't know where I want to go with this. Is it feeling inadequate? That you kind of go, you know, this all sounds like amazing stuff that special, wise, experienced, better Christians would do, but I'm not cut out for that. I'm, I'm, I'm just ordinary. Is it inadequacy? Is it striving? If I just pray hard enough, and if I just seek God enough, if, and if I'm good enough, then maybe God will bless me with special gifts. If I, if I just work hard, if I strive, or is it kind of an apathy? I'm just comfortable in this place where I just don't really see the point. I don't really care. You know what? I'm a Christian. I just get on and do Christian things. And I don't need really to worry about this. Whatever it is, I actually want to stop for a second, pray right now. That whatever in our heart, and there's something for all of us, maybe a combination of those things, whatever in our heart is stopping us from going and understanding, and re- not just understanding, but receptiveness. Right, receptiveness to the Holy Spirit and the beautiful gifts He wants to give. That, that whatever is a blockage, whatever is stopping us, would disappear in Jesus' name this morning. That you may be, that I may be open and ready and receptive to his love, his goodness, his gentleness, and also his power this morning. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that any fear, inadequacy, striving, or apathy that is blocking our heart from receiving you in your fullness, Holy Spirit, that this would disappear right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us make our hearts open and receptive to your love your power the manifestation of the spirit in our lives we pray in jesus name amen so paul says do not be uninformed and reminds uh the christians in corinth there is no such thing as first class christians and second class christians by saying if if you can say jesus is lord by the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. He says elsewhere, belonging to Christ is to have the Holy Spirit. It's what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, to have the Holy Spirit now dwelling in you, to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we're all on equal footing today. If, if those, for those of us who have said, Jesus is Lord in our heart and with our mouth, we're all on equal footing. We're all people who have the Holy Spirit of God, filled by the Spirit of God. Then he says, there's one Holy Spirit, but different gifts. Later on, he kind of expands this. There's different gifts in it, and he says we're like a body with different parts. And just to emphasize the point that there's, there's no special Christians with special power, he says it's often the less honorable parts of a body that are most or more important. For example, I didn't know there was such thing as an interior cruciate ligament or ACL until I snapped it. And then I couldn't walk anymore. And I realized, oh, the ACL, if you didn't know there's a little ligament in your knee, is very, very important, uh, even though it doesn't seem to be as important as an arm or a leg or a hand or an eye or something at first, but it's very, very important. And so we find that the less honorable parts may be just as or more important than others. I didn't, um, the Spirit works differently, therefore, in people's lives because we're all to work together and work in connection with one another and to work for one another, um, which is why I taught on Prophecy last week to, to uh, lead into this, because this gift in particular is about building one another up, encouraging one another, edifying the church, and so are, but so are the rest of the gifts when used correctly, about building one another up. Before we jump in and look at these gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12, a couple of points. I'm not going to cover each one in great depth. We'll be here all day or all month. Um, I'm not going to talk through all of the issues and all of the questions and history and all of that relating to all of these things. But all of this is important and may well be very important to you as you're wrestling with this. Please jot those questions down, as I've been saying for a few weeks. We're going to have a FAQ session for the sermon on the 30th of May, two weeks' time. And would love to engage with the things that you're wrestling with and the things that you, you have questions about in all of this because it's a big topic. So offering box at the back, there's some pieces of paper there. There's also a form online that you online can use. Um, would love you to jot down your questions. Uh, also, I recognise there are other gifts of the Spirit to those that are listed in First Corinthians 12. Romans 12 has this list some, sometimes called the motivational gifts. Serving, leading, administration, encouragement, teaching, etc. All of these are incredibly important and not to be forgotten. But here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and why I focus here today. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These gifts are about the Holy Spirit, quote, manifesting in us or, or through us in a way that is undeniably god so maybe use a different word than manifestation a demonstration or or showing or something like that um this these supernatural miraculous supernatural healing speaking in heavenly languages things like knowing something unhumanly unknowable sort of what we talked about in prophecy last week so why worry about this why 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 not just get on with love and service and encouragement and teaching and giving and administration and all of those other ones, which Paul says are all important spiritual gifts for mutual encouragement and building one another up. Why worry about these? And I've been trying to think of a metaphor all week. I was going, what's a great metaphor for this, Lord? Some, you know, something like that, that shows what happens when the Spirit moves powerfully in an ordinary person. Something that's normal and then it gets supercharged and it's like or something that goes from being in beta version to... Uh, and I've, just, I've been trying to think of a metaphor, and I've got nothing. It's just not... I didn't have... nothing that is adequate, at least. What I do have is this, and what I can share are these examples. Listen in these scriptures for the effect of the manifestation of the Spirit. Acts chapter 2. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. And what happens is a multi-ethnic crowd comes and they hear them speaking in their own languages miraculously. And it says they were, quote, amazed and perplexed. And they asked one another, what does this mean? And from that, Peter told them about Jesus and 3,000 came to Christ. Acts chapter 3, a beggar asks Peter and John for money. And Peter says, look at me. And then he says to the, to the beggar, uh, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk, which he did. And then from that, another opportunity comes to share the gospel. Acts chapter 9, Peter was called to a home where a follower of Jesus had died. And Peter comes and, uh, and it says, turning to, uh, towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, sat up. And this became became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. You see a theme here. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison because they've released a girl from slavery bound by a demon. Not the sort of thing you should get sent to prison for. But then in prison, they're singing hymns, the chains fall off, the prison doors swing open, and from that, they get an opportunity to lead to Jesus and baptize the jailer's whole household. And so I figured there's no need for me to find a metaphor of what happens when the Spirit works powerfully through ordinary people. It's all over the Scriptures. When, when God does something that only God can do through ordinary human beings, opportunity opens up for people to be drawn to Jesus like never before. And so there's just no need for some failing metaphor but just to see what happens. When the Spirit of God works. These are the kinds of things that, when the manifestation of the Spirit occurs, we see happen. People are drawn towards Jesus, not through our brilliance, through the Holy Spirit, His power and wisdom and love. In the church, it's for the building up of one another, right? The edification of the church. In the world, it's for the opening of hearts to the gospel of Jesus. In the church, for the building up of one another. In the world, for the opening of hearts to jesus so that by way of introduction leads us to okay these gifts of the spirit in first corinthians 12 what are they these manifestations demonstrations displays outworkings of the spirit Um, let's start with the gift of healing how are we going so far everybody okay just give me give me an amen from someone (laughs) gift of healing we pray for people for healing all the time we, we have requests come through on prayer down on, on an email or somebody prays from the front. We have, a, we, we have people who face a time of crisis or an unexpected illness and, and we pray for people. It's very normal. But normally we pray from afar. We, we, we respond, say we're praying from, a, from an email request or um, we join here together. Um, what we see in the New Testament is healing through, for example, touch. Or in the case of the beggar in Acts 3, I just talked about eye contact, closeness, and, and like a speaking to the condition right there close. This feels risky to pray in this way because what if God doesn't heal? It's safer, of course, to kind of go, I'm praying for you, and then step back and, and pray from, from afar because if nothing happens, it's, well, that's okay And it's not to say that we shouldn't pray for people from afar and respond to requests and pray from our homes in private, but I think that why God... Here's why I think what God tends to to miraculously heal when we pray close up, laying a hand, praying with the person right there. Because closeness, of course, is an expression of love. Distance is not. Closeness is an expression of love. And what's the Holy Spirit all about? Drawing people in the love and heart of God. Yes, you're a stuck record, Luke. I know. I've been saying this week after week after week. The Holy Spirit drawing people into the heart of God is his motivation. I was, this was reaffirmed for me this week when Micah was sick. He had some sort of tummy bug thing, gastro kind of bug. And early in the week, I, I prayed for him. I said, okay, we're going to pray for you, Micah. Pray that the, the bug would, the, the yuckiness would leave his tummy and that kind of thing. And halfway through the prayer, he stopped me and he said, thank you, Daddy. And then it happened again the next night. We we're praying halfway through the prayer. He stopped me through the prayer. He goes, thank you, Daddy. I said, oh, Micah, why do you say that? And he goes, it just gives me joy in my heart. And, and it was this, this reminder for me that when we pray for someone up close, the main thing they feel is love. An expression of God's love through us. Now, why do I think the Holy Spirit then, then, then heals quite often when we, we step out in faith and pray this way? Because it's an expression of love. When I've, now, when I personally have laid hands and prayed for people, um, asking the Holy Spirit to give this gift of miraculous healing in that moment, I've seen lots of people not get healed. <laughs> A few healed as well. Uh, The most common experience for me is it doesn't doesn't work, it it doesn't happen. But what I have seen is lots of people felt loved in that process. Personally, my own experience might be different to yours, but my experience is this is one gift of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit seems to not give me or, or do through me more often than not. But I'm pretty sure part of the reason I've not seen this manifestation of the Spirit, this gift, too often, is because I've not stepped out in faith very often to pray for someone and their healing with them, eye to eye, hand to shoulder, close, being a conjured of God's love close. Just like prophecy, we've got to exercise this muscle. We've got to keep stepping out in faith. We've got to keep risking. We've got to keep listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit leading us to pray. Which brings me to the next couple of gifts, knowledge and wisdom, often or usually called words of knowledge and words of wisdom. This is often experienced uh, together with the gift of healing. When God wants to heal someone or wants to deliver them from a burden or, or a curse, something on their life that's weighing them down, God will often give another person insight. Knowledge of a truth that's only otherwise known to that person and to God. And what's the result when God does that? Shows another person his deep care for their burden. What's the result? Love. They feel loved and known by the Father. Um, A few months ago, back during, during worship on a Sunday morning, I felt it impressed upon my heart that we needed to pray for someone, maybe one person, maybe multiple people who had experienced spiritual abuse. Now, if I heard correctly, and I don't know that I did, but if I did, it means someone here or online and their pain mattered so much to God in that moment that he bothered to tell them through another mouthpiece, you're known, you're loved, I want to heal you. I'm not like that pastor or priest who, who demonstrated what I'm like in a wrong way to you. I forgive you. I'm with you. I, I don't hold anything against you. He, God would bother to do that. Even if the messenger was an idiotase, right? I'm still, I'm still praying that this person or people who that uh, potential word of knowledge or wisdom was for um, received God's love from that word. We sometimes forget that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. That Jesus, yes, Jesus, had to be led by the Spirit and was led by the Spirit. He was a human being, believe it or not. (laughs) And so, like us, he needed to rely on the Holy Spirit for his ministry. We sometimes think, oh, no, wait, Jesus was God. He just kind of had this special, you know, he knew stuff. He actually, well, if that was the case, why did he need to be filled with the Spirit at his baptism and, and talk about being led by the Spirit? He meets the Samaritan woman, for example, at the well. Strikes up conversation with her. And as they get into conversation, she says, I'm not married. He says, yes, you've had four husbands, the man you're now living with you're not married to. And, and, um, and she later says, he told me everything I've ever done and is not disturbed by that. She was blown away by that. She felt loved by that, overjoyed by that. But who told Jesus? Who told Jesus all these things about this woman's life? The Holy Spirit. Jesus was simply very good at exercising these same gifts offered to you and I. Jesus said, it's better for you that I leave and that the helper, the Holy Spirit, comes. Just imagine that. It'd be, it, excuse me, Jesus? It's better that you leave us. <laughs> Can you imagine walking with Jesus for three years and hearing him say that to you? But it is. because then the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit living in him would come and be poured out on us, all flesh. My encouragement to us today, follow up on those nudges, those burdens, those things you feel the Spirit prompting you on. Does this mean anything to you? Say that to someone if you feel that the Lord has led you. And if the result is possibly, could possibly be someone feeling loved and known by God, what have you got to lose? To keep moving on, uh, one of the gifts is called the gift of faith. Very easy to interpret that a bunch of ways. Of course, we'll need to have faith and are given the gift of faith by the Spirit. But sometimes God seems to give people extraordinary faith to believe for things that are impossible. And this leads to, to a display of His incredible love, His incredible power in other people, in, in, in their lives. Um, miraculous powers is one of the other gifts. We struggle to picture this again. It's like, well, what, what on earth does that look like? Is, but is there anything God wouldn't do or couldn't do? to display his extravagant love through you to others. Uh, I was reading Acts chapter 20 the other day. Uh, you, You may remember the story. Paul was talking, and I quote, on and on. In other words, the sermon was going for a long, long time, and this guy is sitting in the window ledge, falls out the window, boom, falls to his death. What does Paul do? It says he goes down and, quote, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. That sounds like meeting your spouse at the airport after not seeing them for six months, right? Love, incredible, passionate love. And then it says the people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. God will work miracles if the motivation and the outcome is love. Distinguishing between spirits is another gift. There is a spiritual enemy. He is real. He too is a spirit and commands an army of spirits. His intentions and goals are contrary to God's, to the Holy Spirit's. But this enemy is deceptive. He'll pretend he's got someone's best interests at heart when in fact he wants to destroy them. And therefore, the Holy Spirit helps us, enables us to distinguish when someone is being influenced by a spirit that is pretending to be good, pretending to be pure, but is not. I know know many people who just get this gut feeling when something's off. You know anyone like that? It's just, it doesn't feel right. This gift is so important because nothing's more harmful than someone being slowly led away from God by the deceiver without even knowing it. And so distinguishing between spirits incredibly important gift. Finally, speaking in tongues and interpreting Tongues, possibly the most misunderstood of the gifts. Um, The word tongues just means languages. So just speaking in languages or unknown languages. Acts 2 is one form of this. The believers, you probably know the story, miraculously spoke in other languages. It caused this multi-ethnic crowd to come together and ask what's going on because they hear their own languages being spoken by Jews. But then Paul goes on to say, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves as opposed to prophecies which edify others. Some refer to this as a heavenly or angelic language. I just prefer prayer language. Um, Jackie Pullinger, just to give an example of maybe what this can look like. Jackie Pullinger uh, was a lady who worked for decades with heroin addicts on the streets of Hong Kong. And she talks about growing men who would come to Christ. And as they did, it's like God gives them this baby's cry, almost. That all the stuff at their new birth, all the stuff in their life, all the pain would just come out. And it comes out of them in the form of this heavenly tongue, this prayer language, like a baby crying at birth, but different. Um, That's one example that has always stuck with me. Most people, though, myself included, haven't experienced the gift of tongues at new birth. Like, you come to Christ and all of a sudden it's there. Some do. But, but most desire it later and receive it later on. And my assumption for many, many years was that if God gave this, this slightly strange, at, at the time I thought so anyway, gift um, to me one day, I would feel this whoosh. And, and it would be like... And then all of a sudden, I would just speak in tongues like I would heard others and then it would be there. That's it. Instead, while praying one night and desiring this gift, I spoke a few words and wondered, was that it? And some of you know what I'm talking about because it's not just a boom, it happens more often than not. Uh, Like prophecy, like any of these gifts, I had to then, believe it or not, practice this gift: exercise the muscle. And we can say more about that, maybe we'll talk more about this in two weeks' time in our FAQ uh, day and why, why people may or may not use it in public, etc. This gift, of course, can lead to issues. First Corinthians 14, Paul's addressing believers getting up the front in the church service, a gathering, giving a speech in tongues just because they can, and he goes, "That's just useless." Why give a sermon in tongues? Nobody would understand it. <laughs> it. has no value to others and potentially causes others to steer clear of you all because you've just gone loony. But like I said last week, Paul's encouragement to them is to use the gifts well, not neglect them altogether. He says if someone does speak in tongues at a gathering, it's God speaking through a human mouthpiece and so have someone interpret. Some of you will have seen this. It's essentially, the best way I could put it, it is, Prophecy through an interpreted tongue. Focusing on these issues causes us to forget, though, one simple thing. This, all of these, are gifts from God. Paul says to eagerly desire the gifts. Tongues is something he says use, he uses more than anyone. And so he's clearly not discouraging it. And as we move into a time of worship in song this morning, my encouragement is that as we worship, as we pray, we eagerly desire these gifts, even what we don't uh, understand or really get. But more importantly than desiring the gifts is that we eagerly desire the primary gift, which is, of course, the Holy Spirit himself. Not any one thing that he does, but that we receive, The Holy Spirit. Now, I said before, of course, all Christians, those who have said, Jesus is Lord, have the Holy Spirit. But Paul also says in the letter to the Ephesians, be what? Filled with the Spirit. And actually what the Greek means there is to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been filled with the Spirit before? Or has it been some time maybe since you have experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit so strongly that it's felt like you've been washed or, or filled by Him? Uh, if you've not experienced the gifts, the, these manifestations I've talked about today before, it may be that it may be that there's a need for you to begin practicing, exercising these muscles, so to speak, but it may be that God's waiting for something that He's waiting to fill you with His Spirit. And He's waiting for you to ask, because He's not going to come if you're resistant. He's waiting for you to ask, Holy oh, Spirit, come, fill me afresh. We sing about this all the time, but I'll be really asking. I'll be really open. Whether you're in this room, whether you're watching at home, um, on, the, on the live stream right now, um, maybe even watching a recording later on, Uh, I, I pray that we hear the words of Jesus this morning, as Aaron happened to share before. If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, Father, we open our hearts to you now. We, we come before you knowing that you are not holding back the gift of your spirit from us. You're willing to freely give. And Father, I pray that any sense of fear, any feelings of inadequacy, any attitudes of striving, or any apathy in our hearts, in my heart right now, would disappear completely in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us up to overflowing. Come, Holy Spirit. The one who is love, and peace, and joy. Kindness and goodness. Come Holy Spirit. The last we pray.